Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the SCB Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida, where it's definitely a lot warmer than it is where I am. Uh, you know, uh, this this was going to be uh, a really uh, fun show, and believe me, we'll get to the fun stuff uh, in, in SCB overtime, which we're going to do tonight. Um but, uh, you know, with the passing of Franco Harris, uh, it has been extremely difficult to say it's going to be uh, fun right off the bat. And um, we're going to we're going to take some time and uh, remember uh, Franco. Some of us are obviously of an age we can remember him. Some of us maybe not, but in different ways. And, and uh, uh, that's that's the cool part of why we do this, you know, to get the different perspectives and everything. But um, uh, we expect Ian to jump on here shortly. Maybe Ellie, we're not sure either. But uh, hello to Big Ben's burner. I see Joe's there. Happy birthday to Joe. I believe uh, he's in the 40s. Uh, I won't reveal anything more than that. But uh, welcome to uh, Joe. You don't look a day past 55. No, no, you don't, Joe. And uh uh, anyway, happy birthday, and yeah, welcome to everybody that's just jumping on, and and uh, uh, hope to have a good show. Ben and uh, Ryan are here, and like I said, it'll be uh, uh, along shortly. Um, I, I, let me let me get uh, we'll we'll cover a little bit about the Steelers and the Panthers, and then look ahead to the Raiders at the end of the show as well. Um, I, I uh. Just real quick, my my initial. I I was already at my uh, in my classroom at my desk and um, prepping for the day, and I I see something come across my email. I think from the Post Gazette, and it just breaking news: Franco Harris. And I for a minute I didn't click on it because I I assumed it was just you know another story um, related to uh, his his number getting retired. So I waited a minute and uh eventually i clicked over and i i just i mean talk about the error going out of my system when i saw what it was um and and uh i i yeah i mean and then the the text started and and messages and everything else but i i ben what was what was your feeling when you uh first and you were probably asleep first were uh, you know um when yeah it, it was broke it was uh yeah when it broke i was i was still in bed um you know, first and foremost, I feel really bad for Franco's family. You know, this this guy was yeah. great. He's a, he's a Steelers legend, and yep. and you know, an all around nice guy, all world nice guy, according to everybody who's ever had any contact with him. I've never heard anybody say a bad word about him, and I there aren't many Steelers I can say that about. Right, right. <laughs> Just being honest, um, you know, and Franco, you never hear anything bad about. So yeah, it was a surprise, but his family, man, this this is somebody's husband and father and maybe grandfather. I, I don't know, but you know, you you shouldn't have to lose somebody like that at Christmas time. That just sucks. It's not fair, man. That that that's the first my very first thought was it's yeah. fucking Christmas. This sucks. You know, that's before any of the, you know, uh he's gonna be honored on Saturday and 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, as though that was the only thing he ever did or something along those lines. Guy, The guy was a huge contributor to the Steelers. Uh, first ballot Hall of Famer. You know, it's a huge loss for millions of people because he, was a, he wasn't just a, a, a Steelers legend. He was a Pittsburgh ambassador on top of that. Yes. You know, so a lot of people feel this. 
And personally, that guy was my first jersey when I was a little kid. And, you know, I used to pretend to be him when I was yeah. little, playing football with my friends. You know, That's amen to that. And so, you know, when your heroes die, you start to think about your own mortality. Excellent point. You know, but beyond that, I, I really, I just feel awful for his family. I mean, because, I mean, he's gone. He, he didn't care. You know, he's, it, mm-hmm. he's done. He doesn't care mm-hmm. about Saturday. Right. You know, people are making a big deal about, oh, it's so sad that he didn't get a chance to be honored while he was like, he doesn't care. He didn't care. You know, and Ian made a point earlier this week on Slack that I will let him get to in a second about numbers. And I think it's a very valid one. But, you know, uh, Franco got all the accolades while he was alive from everyone. Mm -hmm. I doubt he ever ever bought a drink, probably didn't pay for many dinners. You know, everybody loved him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he got he got plenty of of props while he was alive. At this point, he doesn't care, and his family, man, I just I feel awful for them. Yeah, no, I'm not at that. Same, um, I, Ian. Welcome into the show, and I'm I'm going to bring you in first because I I know Ryan. Um, I I want to let him talk a little bit about you know his experiences um, when he was with the Steelers, and I'm sure ran across Franco a few times. Um, so, Ian, welcome in, and I see you have uh, your your Italian or Italy shirt on, uh, no doubt in memory of uh, uh, Franco's Italian army. Yeah, yep. yeah. What uh, what what went through your mind, your head, your body, whatever, when yeah. you got wind of this news uh, this week? Yeah. So for me, it was kind of wild that um, you know the the morning that it happened, I was. Like, and it was just like crazy trying to get the kids to school and all that. And like, you know, mornings in my house with all my children are always kind of crazy. And so I usually like don't check Twitter or anything till I get to work. Um, But that morning I'm like getting the kids ready, ready to walk out the door. My wife says, Hey, did you hear that Franco Harris died? And I was like, what? I was like, I'm ready to drive the kids to school here. Like I don't have time (laughs) to process this. And, And so, um, so, so yeah, like, it it's it took me a while because then you know I gotta drop the kids off at school, then go into work, and then people at work are like, "Hey, did you hear Franco Harris died?" And I was like, "I'm still trying to process this, like right. you know." And and yeah, I, I I think to to expand on Ben's point too, because he he made a very good point um, about Franco's family. That you know, yes, this was, and to me, I was just like, "Wow, that's so crazy!" Like that it happened the week that like his jersey was getting retired and all that, but like. Franco knew his jersey was going to get retired, right? It wasn't like yeah. there was going to be some surprise, right? He, right. He was, yep. you know, he, he knew how much everyone in this city loved him. And yes, I think he did. I think Franco's enduring legacy from all the stories I've read on Twitter, on Facebook, from family members that I've heard, like anyone that ever ran into him anywhere, he was just a genuinely nice guy to them. Even if it was just like, like, before a game one time, my little cousin, who was probably like eight or nine at the time, ran into him like crossing the bridge to walk to the stadium and was just like, hey, Mr. Harris, can I take a picture with you? And Franco like stopped and took time to take a picture with like my nine year old cousin. And, you know, and that was probably, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago now that that happened. But like 
everybody has a Franco story like that, that like, you know, Franco would stop and give people the time of day just to say hi to them and be kind to them. And, you know, his, his charity work, his work in the community, all that stuff that, you know, I, I think that's beyond football. That's his enduring legacy that he was just like a genuinely nice person to everyone that he ever met, regardless of like whether they were someone who he needed to like be friends with to advance his career in some way, or if it was just like a random person on the street that he was just a genuinely nice guy to everyone. Yeah, no, I, I, those are great sentiments. And I, you know, the story about your, your cousin, I, I mean, same thing. I've read numerous accounts of that. And, um, I, I, you know, as a professional athlete, uh, a successful hall of fame, professional athlete, you know, I'm sure there's probably a story out there maybe where he didn't give a kid an autograph or something like that. Cause he was in a hurry or who knows, but I've never heard it. Um, and it just speaks volumes yeah. uh, uh, of him. And um, I do want to say too, before yeah. we kick it over to Ryan, cause I'm sure Ryan has more stories than me. Uh, I dug out of my uh, cabinet here, this commemorative glass uh, from McDonald's of all places of a collector series yes. from the Steelers 50th season. Yep. It has some of the greatest Steelers of all time. So I'm drinking my Bradshaw bourbon out of a glass with Franco's face I, on I, it tonight. I got mine sitting back in the man cave. I had the exact same glass. Um, yeah. Uh, Ryan, uh, you, you know, obviously uh, you had some interaction with uh, with Franco that maybe the rest of us did not. What what are your recollections of uh, 32? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, he he was just a good, like he was just a good dude. Like I, he was just a good dude. Like, you never would have known he was, like, a four-time Super Bowl champion, like, arguably the best running back in the 70s decade, even though he didn't even play in 70 or 71. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I – there were a few things came to mind. One of them was – was and during my time there, he had to do a, an NFL Network hit, and the hit was about uh, the United Way campaign. And instructions were very straightforward – Hey, Franco's going to show up, Ryan, just, you know, connect him to the NFL network. We had a little, you know, in the trophy room, there's a little box. All you had to do is put the IFB in his ear, talk to them, make sure everything's good. Yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He walks in and he like points at him and I'm like, <laughs> he like pointed at himself. I'm like, yes, you're Franco Harris. Yes, I know. <laughs> um, and he was like, he couldn't talk. He's like, I have laryngitis. Like, I can't talk. And he's like, but I want to do this. I'm like, all right. I was like, do they know? And he's like, well, like, let's, let's get in there or whatever. So we get oh in there, my God. we get in there and they're like, Franco, like we could reschedule this. So there he's like, no, 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 no. Like I, I need to do this. This United way is so important, you know? And, and like, to me, that meant that was like, all right, this, this dude, need, this dude is here. He didn't have to be, um, he's been, you know, instrumental in the growth of, Uni- of the United way. And, 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 you know, years after that he you know was still still was just heavily involved in the community and really believed in the community um second thing was uh i immediately thought of the 40th anniversary of the immaculate reception where they unveiled the 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 plaque where his feet were where he caught right, the football right. right outside of stage ae and and believe me candidly there were there were some events that I had to go to where I was just like, Oh God. But then <laughs> that was one of those events where I'm like, I don't, Oh yeah. Yes, yeah. please. Um, 
and you know phil the raiders linebacker phil valpiano was there the whole time and like him and franco uh embraced one another so many times and every hour like one of them would just say something and then they'd go back and forth arguing you know right you know it hit the ground i know it did you know <laughs> frenchie frenchie touched it first no, it's just, like, and it was like it was like every old man argument you've ever seen in your life and and I just remember like sitting there being like, I am not worthy to even be in this room right now. Like, and I got these two dudes that, that loved one another, despite literally like, and I know the Raiders were, were still have a pretty successful history, yeah. but like that, that moment literally catapulted the Steelers to four, you know, to, yeah. to well, not that year, but to, well, and could, including that year, it would have been four Super Bowls in eight years. Like it's still that that changed the franchise, but for them to be able to still like, you know, break each other's balls. And then like, after every time they, they'd be bitching at one another, they could give each other a hug like that, that like to see that was just like so cool. And, um, you know, the last thing I'll say is, is, is in the many car rides I got to share with Dan Rooney. Um, we, we talked about some stuff and, and we were, we were talking about players that had left, players that had left yeah and and i said who and i i just said i was like who's the one player you didn't want to leave and he without has not at a, no disrespect to rod woodson but right. it was franco and and he said i really i really wish that never would have happened and for dan to say that 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 that's very telling um so you know a tremendous a tremendous loss for the football world, but a tremendous loss to this, to this city. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a Steelers fan and, and you're not from Pittsburgh, um, regardless of, of steel going away, for, you know, 30 to 40 years ago, this town still embodies like this town and the Steelers, like they're just, they're just connected. Like the blue collar mentality, you know, bring your lunch pail to work. Um, you know, you know, defense defense run the football the, the things the Steelers are trying to do <laughs> this yeah. year that haven't been so successful so it's just it just it just sucks and it's it's you know you never want to lose a loved one ever but you know during Christmas it just makes it worse but yeah uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna the the uh Franco right now the, the the next thing I'll ask you guys is just you know maybe a a memory you might have of of his playing days and and and, and I'll share just two things real quick you know it's funny you bring up the whole Seattle thing because I I remember being a kid and and seeing that happen and I I mean I just remember how devastated I was that, that this guy you know and when you're a kid you don't you don't really analyze things the way that we do now so i mean franco was franco to me he wasn't franco at the end of his career you know um and and just to think of him in any other uniform it crushed me but as far as like game action and stuff i i'll I'll never forget the i think it was a 22 yard run against the cowboys the super bowl 13 just bam right up the middle um it, it, it just to me it was just the type of run that just kind of epitomized uh, what I what I enjoyed about him and um, you know those those are a couple of the things Ben what and any specific game memory or anything Super Bowl nine yeah he was the offense mm-hmm. oh, like 153 yards rushing or something what was it Ian it was, it was 158 it was 158 yeah, yeah. 158. You know, Which broke and, and, the Super Bowl rushing record at the time. But, yeah. but 34 carries, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
I mean, they just kept feeding the ball all day long. Yeah. And, you know, Vikings couldn't do anything against that defense. So it's just no. basically, you know. And Minnesota's defense was good. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a good defense. The purple people eaters. Yeah. yeah. I was just going to yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good D. And it, it just, they just couldn't stop him. He, they just, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there was no shots. Yeah. Ian, any, so, anything from you that stuck out, stood out, I should say? Yeah. I mean, I, I think Ryan kind of covered too. I mean, obviously, like the immaculate reception was like the play that changed Steelers' history. Yeah. But Franco was so much more than that, too, in his football playing career. I mean, we've talked a little bit about what he was off the field, but on the field, you know, like Ryan said, the best back of the 70s. And, you know, I think one of the crazy things, too, I was talking to my dad about this earlier, um, and my dad was a big Penn State fan back in the day. Um, and, you know, my dad mentioned at Penn State, like, Franco was a fullback. He wasn't really, like, the lead back because they had Lydell Mitchell, who went on to be a very successful NFL running back. Yeah, in that's own, a really right? good point. Um, and, you know, the, the Steelers drafted him. And then, you know, but Franco was a guy who was kind of willing to do anything, right? They ran that pro set with both Franco and Rocky, and you yeah. never really knew one of them was going to get the ball. The other one was going to throw a block, and they could kind of both run and be the lead blocker that, you know – it was a different era, obviously, Very. but still to have, have backs that could kind of do both things um, was unique um, and, and kind of is still unique. Like you wouldn't you wouldn't see Najee Harris being the lead blocker out there now for a running play to somebody else. So I mean, you would hope um, not, honestly. Well, but, yeah, you know, um, but but nevertheless, you know, I, I think uh, I think really that, you know, just what he was able to do year after year after year over time too that um you know he was in an era where the playing surfaces weren't very good where the medical care wasn't very good um you know his his durability over time i mean you know just how many consistent years of you know eight eight one thousand yard seasons and nine consecutive pro bowls and to start his career yeah yeah so just you know, all the stuff that he was able to do just consistently year after year um, it, it was in, was incredible. Um, that was back when players yeah. actually went to the Pro Bowl and played in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They showed up and they, they played it the wasn't, game. It uh, wasn't flag football, uh, no. which it really is going to be. Scarps, any uh, uh, other memories you might have, uh, Franco, here? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've obviously. I was I wasn't born until '87, so I, I never right. got to see him play. Um, right. I've seen highlights, but the one thing I want to I want to you know sort of relay to the younger Steelers fans that and Mike Tomlin said this the other day that you know our our players know about the Mac, the immaculate reception because of YouTube. So for the younger Steelers fans out there that are listening, um, in the 1970s, even though Franco didn't play in '70 or '71. It was he was either the leader or second in rushing yards, scrimmage yards, rushing touchdowns, and total touchdowns. The only other guy involved in that conversation is OJ Simpson. So, um, and long before, <laughs> yeah. long before OJ was in the news for other reasons, OJ Simpson was the like premier back in the league. The other thing that makes it interesting is that back then. Uh, they didn't start playing 16 games until 1978. Um, and they also, uh, oh, yeah, defenses knew you were going to run the ball. <laughs> so in 
So the fact that in in the 70s, and he didn't play in 70 or 71, the fact that in the 70s he amassed, you know, 10,000-plus rushing yards and 12,000-plus scrimmage yards and almost 100 total touchdowns, he was the cheat code before a cheat code was a thing. Ben, I know you hate fantasy football, but Franco Harris would have been your number one pick or OJ would have been your one of the two, 1A and 1B. The point is for the younger generation watching, this was the dude. Like, was it Chris Johnson? It was a decade ago. Like, Chris Johnson was that dude. Franco Harris was that dude a long, long ass time ago. And Franco, Franco was was Bo Jackson and Tech Mobile before Bo Jackson was Bo Jackson. He was yeah, for that he was unstoppable. Yes. During that era. And mm-hmm. and was productive for a long time. They started when, when Franco started playing, they played a 14 game season. Yep. And there was this lofty record that Jim Brown had set for most rushing yards. And it was never ever going to be broken. Ever. Like for a decade. It was just never going to happen. And Franco came within 192 yards of it because he got injured when he was in Seattle uh, because he's playing in that shitty turf. Yeah. In Seattle. The old, that's the old school AstroTurf. That shit was terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I mean, the, the guy was just, we made this huge deal of when Walter Payton passed Jim Brown, right? Yep. Yep. And, and Franco was right there, right there. Yeah. You know? played one year less anyway no you know in a in a big man too six foot two yeah you know over 200 pounds he was a fullback yeah he was a fullback man yeah i I mean just you know uh, that era again he was a lot bigger than rocky he was was way bigger bigger. he was bigger than late like like remember we would be like oh Le'Veon bell's a big bet he was bigger than (laughs) Le'Veon. oh yeah he was way bigger Yeah. yeah no it's it's just um one of a kind dude on the field one of a kind dude off the field um just, just real quick, what's everybody drinking? Because we're going to do a little toast to Franco here. Ben, what do you got going on? Oh, wait, I got to pour something. Yeah, go right ahead. If we're going to we're gonna do a toast, I need to drink something proper. Yes. And uh, Scarpino, it appears you are still on the Pinot, Pinot Grigio. Grigio. Scarpino Grigio. Scarpino Grigio. Excuse me. Excuse me. And uh, uh, Ian, you have your Bradshaw bourbon. I have my I Bradshaw do. bourbon in my yeah, I just cracked open a new bottle tonight. Um, is that batch number one? No, nah, it's still two. I've got three bottles sitting here. They're all batch two. It's crazy. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, what are you going to do? Uh, Uncle Nearest, 1856. Uh, beautiful. Um, so, yeah, everybody watching uh, with us live here and everything, you know, raise your glass to Franco. Great memories. Great Steeler and uh, long live 32. It'll live through tomorrow when it gets retired. Well, you know, and on that note, yeah, yeah, go ahead. You should need to make that point. Yeah. You know, I feel like this is a divergence from how I usually feel about things, but the Steelers have a bunch of numbers that they have sort of soft retired over the years. Um, And, you know, we've all made a big deal over time about like, you know, for so long, a bunch of other teams were like retiring all these numbers. And we were kind of like, oh, the only number we've ever retired is number 70. And then, you know, we retired Mean Joe Greens last year, which was well deserved. He deserved it. Yeah. Franco also deserved it, you know, mm-hmm. being the first offensive player that whose number has been retired. Um, And I kind of feel like now, given that 
a lot of these guys from the the you know 70s era of the Steelers are getting up there in years they should probably make a concerted effort over the next few years to retire a bunch of these numbers before these guys pass away, yeah. or at least like kind of make a plan to kind of get it. Like one per year is probably good. They don't need to do more than one per year, yeah. but mm-hmm. like 12 should definitely be next. 58, 59, 58 and 59 and 47 in some 47. order. Yeah, I agree. Um, those would be mine. You know, those 75 is already done. Right. 75 was done. That. That should have been the first one after seventy. After yeah, that, 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 that was that so. Was, yeah, right choice. Do, do you and, think that they'll get? I mean, any pushback in terms of just overreacting because because of this? No, and, and I don't think it's an overreaction. I think you know they did mean Joe Green last year. Right. They did Franco was, this year, or was it before? Joe Green was fourteen or six. Joe Green was, I think, fourteen. I think it was no. sixteen. Oh, was it sixteen? Oh, okay, Sorry, maybe it was sixteen. 16 yeah. yeah. Okay, well, sorry, Ian, not to be a dick. I'm just uh, saying, no, what a yeah. dick. Your memory's ah. better than mine. That's okay. Uh, yeah. I, got a, so. I actually got a, I got a funny story about that. If anybody cares later, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but at any rate, no, I, I think one per year is fine because it's not overindulging, right? And it's not you're not saying we're gonna automatically retire one per year, but they've right. essentially soft retired a bunch of these numbers anyway. Right. You know, sure. For sure. 43, 36, seven, right. like no one's I ever going to wear you, those numbers. You don't again. need to do 88 and 82. I don't think ever. No. Or 84. Um, well, yeah, 84 is not <laughs> happening. Jeez. What's um, wrong with Jeremy Tooman's career? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was okay. He was, a, he was a good guy. Good one. Michigan grit. Um, no, and and, well, and you just know, right? Like some of those numbers, they've just never handed out since they've given out 84 to other players. They've given out 83 to other players. They've given out 82 and 88 to other players. They're they're not going to retire Heath's number. No. 43 someday. Sure. 43, seven, seven, maybe 36, 36. 36 We haven't seen. Yeah. I think I think 36 is uh, borderline. Oh, jeez, man, 52. Jennifer, yeah, great 50, point. Yeah. We missed this one, guys. Huh? Webby, 52? Webby. yeah, Webby. Webby, Webby would be, be Webby a big good choice. Not my yeah. first choice, but a good choice. And, and, absolutely. And, no, and, Jennifer's right. Yeah. And, well, this brings up a good point, though, Jennifer. Thank you. At, at what point, though, do you run out of numbers? I don't know. Well, I, I mean. I thought about that a lot with the Yankees. I, I mean, you know, you see what Aaron Judge wears, like, what, 99 or something? And, and they only have, I think, one single-digit uniform number left. Everything else is retired. Um, and, and, and I agree with what you're saying, you know, how often you do this. But I, I think we're talking about, in our organization, we're talking about some pretty damn special people. Yeah. Um, players. And I think, special I, players. Yeah. I think you do it. And, and, you know, you get those six, seven guys done. And, 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 and I'm not suggesting yeah. that just because you got into the Hall of Fame, you, your jersey should be retired. I'm not saying that. Right. You no, know, I think I think Marquise Pouncey is going to get into the Hall of Fame. Do I think they should retire his jersey? No, I don't. That's fair. I, I, I like that. Right? Analogy. Now, yeah. I, I think that that Mike Webster. Yeah, that probably that probably is one you should go ahead and retire. Yeah, well, you, right. you can just look at like which jerseys they haven't given out the number for over time, right? Like yeah. they gave out fifty three again after Pouncey. So right, yeah, like, to a guy who can't get a hat now. <laughs> well, right, <laughs> yeah, but and part of it too is you know the NFL has certain rules that 
players of a certain position can only wear certain numbers, that they're starting to relax a little bit more, especially for defensive players, which yeah. makes sense, to be honest. Um, but, you know, I, I think at the same time, there are certain numbers that they're just never going to give out again. So Mm-mm. you might as well, while some of these guys are still alive and, you know, Terry's been battling cancer and some other things that yep. like, exactly what it I was would thinking. be, it would be really good for this organization to have a uh, sort of uh, a reuniting rectification of the relationship with Terry Bradshaw. Cause that was fractured for a long time. Yeah. And, and it, it was with, with uh, Lambert too, you know? Yeah. 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 This so, is something that, that, yeah, it would be great for, for both of those guys to come back. And um, just for the organization to show their, you know, yeah. you know proper but, honoring of those guys who have kind of had that sour feeling about the organization for a while. Yeah. And they, it, I, I, so yes, I do agree. And they should do it all soon and like next year and all at the same time. Oh, because it's, really? It's, wow. Okay. Here, so here's, here's, okay. As we saw last week, yeah. Franco was everywhere. Yeah. He was everywhere sharing his moment with everybody. The day before he was hanging out with people. And, yeah. and literally, the day you, before. You wake oh! up and, he's, and you wake up and he's gone. Okay. Yeah. Why or like why, why like like no, if, I get it. If we did that, I understand what you're saying. If we mm-hmm. if we did that, only one per year, like you're gonna miss. I'm t- that's just that's life has a cruel sense of humor. love averages. Yeah. Tr- that's so, a good point. Yeah, I, I would yeah. be curious. I mean, I'd be open to hearing uh, how they would would do that. Um, Joe it, Green it, was 2014. Yeah, fourteen. Um, like yeah. Yes. As for, right on. I'm sorry, just, no, I was wrong. And, and tw- twelve should be next, and then some order of fifty-eight, fifty-nine, forty-seven would be the next. That, so you those would be reti- my next four. You, I agree. You can't retire seven though, because Marcus Allen's going to take that next year. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that asshole. Um, when, when Franco, he plays rest for, in like, peace. I Jets. could not say at least one joke tonight, though. Oh I mean, well, we yeah we, we were getting there from afar and uh, see us that we love. Of you as far as saturday night goes you know number one um it's gonna be like 10 degrees um no it's gonna be like minus 15 yeah. with the well, wind chill yeah uh it's like no, like here today it's 20 but with the wind the gusting wind, oh yeah Believe it's me, like i get it it's man. like three or four degrees it you fucking know. sucks here today so, right joe joe is is watching this show right joe now knows. he's like yeah it fucking sucks weather. out here that and we have freezing rain which is the worst thing ever Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, I'd so much rather deal with snow. Jesus, that was a great uh, catch. The the so you got the cold weather. You got two under five hundred teams. You got Christmas Eve. Uh, I, I mean, I really hope they can fill the seats, but I'm a little skeptical. I mean, Ian, you well, got as if Ian much... was a real man, he'd go, but he's not. Well, we all know that. Yeah, uh, Ian, what what do you think the crowd's going to be like on Saturday? Oh boy, uh, I mean, I think, I think, I think they're going to be fired up um because and here's the thing oh right? yeah i think the crowd will be fired is up the, i just know how much of a crowd there's gonna be it's cold oh, in I, texas every year big bench burner is your, I is think, your power grid gone down yet i i think that i think the crowd will be there i think they'll be fine um because i think you're gonna have people coming in from out of town to true. spend christmas with the family and 
Not everyone is like me from a big Italian family that does the Feast of the Seven Fishes on Christmas Eve. So also, since it's a night game, even if you're doing the Seven Fishes thing, you can do that in the morning or the afternoon, then go down to the stadium for the game. But I think the crowd will be a little raucous because they'll have the whole day to start drinking before the game happens. That's true. Um, And, you know, so they'll, they'll have that. And I think especially now that, you know, Franco's number is being retired and since he tragically passed away, I, I think the crowd will be there. I think especially the first half. Um, but, you know, yeah. if if the Steelers start lagging like they can do sometimes, yeah. um, you might see some people retreat to a warmer then... <laughs> retreat to warmer areas after halftime. Yeah. So, no, so I... Ian... Since since you, I, I've sat in your seats and you sit right in the path of the wind. Mm-hmm. This gonna be cutting through that stadium. Yeah, on Saturday night, how would how would one dress for the event? Well, if it was me, because I'm skinny and have no body insulation, um, I would wear like ten layers and then a gigantic coat that I could basically bundle myself up in, and you know, wear like two pair of gloves and. Yeah, you know, you just you deal with it. I mean, like yeah. I I was at that AFC Championship game against New England in 2004, which is the coldest home game in Steelers history, and that was cold. It was really friggin' cold. But you know, I'll say the performance on the field helps because if you can jump out of your seat a little bit and bounce around and hug Definitely. some people and high five, you get the blood flowing a little bit and and you feel a little bit warmer. If you're just sitting there in the cold and it, you know a rookie quarterbacks throwing a couple interceptions that are getting returned and oh, you're losing and it feels bad. And you know, you're like, Oh shit, we're not going to the super bowl this year, I guess. Um, that was a flashback to Oh four, but um, you know, then, then it, it feels, it feels colder than it is. Right. Um, so yeah. And being a night game doesn't help either. You know, if this was a, uh, if, if this was an afternoon game yeah. where at least the sun might be out, you might get feel a little warmer. Like that Miami game in the playoffs in 2016, then that one was also temperature-wise cold, but didn't feel as cold because the sun was out. So, right. um, yeah, I don't know. You just deal with it and get by. Yeah. And the bathrooms are warm. There's heaters in the bathrooms. Run to the bathroom, take a leak, warm your hands up a little bit, and get back out. There. Warm something up. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, uh, I, I hope the crowd's good. You know, I know all those that are going to be there. Will it be should there be. And actually, and, and, like yeah. last year for Ben's last game, I think I remember talking about this on the show. The whole lower bowl stood the entire game. What and that, some, that sometimes feels colder. Like sitting feels cold if you sit for a yeah. while because then your joints get creaky. But no standing doubt. also feels cold because you're not moving around. You're got to right. like, you know, so you got to have that mixture of sitting and standing that you got to have enough excitement on the field to get you going, too. So hopefully the team comes out and plays well. Just real quick reminder that we are, of course, uh, part of the Pigskin Podcast Network and part of DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now uh, using code TPPN. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Okay, Steelers win in Carolina the other day. Um, Scarps, what were your thoughts on the overall performance uh, in that game? Uh, ran the ball well, stopped the run. Was it more a fact just Carolina sucks? 
you know, I, I will say that, you know, okay. They did what was necessary and, and I'm not going to overanalyze this. Um, I wish we talked about, they have yet to beat a good team this year. Week one. Don't give me that shit. Cause last year they beat Buffalo and Buffalo. And we all know how last season turned out. Hey, anything can happen in week one. So, yes. so what I, what I like about the Steelers, especially after the bye, is that they've beaten the teams they should have beaten and, yeah. and that's fine. And you know what? They stopped the run. Um, but I will say this, Sam Darnold had some decent throws. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, to me, did. to me, I would agree with I, that. I, to me, again, and I know fans want to say we're not that far away. We're not that far away. I, I don't we're agree that with that. Away. I don't far. agree with that because I think the secondary sucks. And it, you know, and and I do. I, I'm not going to say Minka's not that. Minka's a really good player. Minka's Minka's great. Okay, but can't do it all. And we saw last year when he wasn't great because the front seven sucked and yeah. he had to play up. So that being said, Sam Darnold was making some pretty decent throws. And, and, and literally to me, the play of the game was Cam Sutton's pass interference that, that, that didn't give him a touchdown right, after, right. after Marcus Allen's dumbass play. And I can't believe, I just, I can't believe the number of Steelers fans that, that don't think that that's a big deal. It blows my mind. And I tweeted this earlier. I don't think it's a big tweeted, deal. I tweeted this earlier this week. It's like if you're 30 or above, you have a totally different mentality of, of, of this football team. Because if you're 30 and above, you've seen them suck. You know that this isn't – like you've seen them suck. You've gone through the through the pains and of Kent Graham or, 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 or Slash as shit. Although Slash was decent, but he had bad years. Anyway, the right. point being is that is that fans like go out of their younger fans go out of their way to make excuses for this team and their behavior, and it's just like the zero whatever. excuse for what he did. In my book zero. There is not one excuse you could give me that I would even consider. It's okay None. though. Because he's the team DJ, and oh, who else is going to play walk in yo trap, take over yo trap on road games that don't fucking mean anything? I don't know what any of that means that you just said. Yeah, and I don't know what the fuck it. Ryan just said either. But yeah, yeah they sure. do. They, uh, when they Big went Ben Burner's comment should be in the Louvre. Like this is amazing. That is beautiful. Big Ben's Burner bringing it. in Helen Keller. Secondary was about as useful as Helen Keller in an I Spy competition. <laughs> That's fucked up, but true. Which makes it funny, but not funny at all. That was fucked no, up. No. Uh, look, you know, George has a question. What would what would Chuck Noll have done in that situation? Okay, fine. I I I put up a post this week that has gotten more attention than things I put up in the last ten years, because God forbid, I suggested that Bill Cowher had guys that did bad things too. Oh, and, uh, yeah, you know what he he did. Yeah, and it you know what out. Chuck Noll. Also had guys yeah, that did some pretty stupid things. Um, well, I mean, Ernie I, Holmes took took a, took some shots at a police helicopter and still was at practice. Well, that's fine. No you one know, cares still went about to camp. Shooting. No problem. There's yeah, the here's the difference. Here's the difference. Yeah. No internet. That is no, the only difference. No, 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 no. Here's the difference. When you go back and look at when you go back and look at those cases. 
those guys actually did something and won something and were important <laughs> contributors. They weren't a fucking special teams guy that is known for being the team DJ and playing walk at Yo Trap, take over Yo Trap when <laughs> when they go on the road and don't win a meaningful game because they haven't won a meaningful game in six years now. That's the difference. Ernie Holmes had to definitely, like me, as Casey Kasem will say later on, had some issues. Okay. Ernie Holmes was a stud defensive lineman yeah. and helped this team win Super Bowls. Joey Porter loved stirring that shit up. Yeah. Unbelievable football player yeah. actually contributed yeah. uh, more than that. One playoff game started. Marcus Allen is a nobody, and he acted like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even care. I I don't even care that DJ did what he did because DJ is pretty good. (laughs) Well, DJ did it in the heat of of the battle. The heat of the game. No angry left. And I don't like it. I'm sorry. (laughs) Right. I don't like that he did it. It's it's still stupid. Don't get me wrong. But I get it. Right. But it's part of what's been going on. I mean, this was in between. You're you're bringing the special teams units are coming onto the field. And you decide you're gonna. It's what was it, fourth and seventeen? More than that, yeah. They oh, had yeah. them. They had them knocked out of field goal range. Oh my! After God. Cam sack. No, it was fourth and twenty-seven. Yeah. That's what. Okay. Yeah. And I, here's. I, I mean. Sorry, I know I'm talking a lot today. Ah, go go ahead. I, what I, I what I think happened was that he thought he could get away with going over and talking shit. And, and it I'll say be that first, if he got caught. No. no. It has nothing to do with no. he got caught. Okay. It's that he thinks he's big shit and he thinks he's actually a really good player. Because if that was somebody that was that I'm not even kidding you. If that was somebody of like note that mm-hmm. did that, mm-hmm. I guarantee you the ref wouldn't have thrown a flag. I'm telling you, Ray, I'm telling you. I think there's something to that. Because like, I really because I yeah. really don't think he did anything egregious. He just Went over, you know. I think he thought he was trying to be funny, and then he got caught because I think if that was a reputable special teams player or even like a decent player, (laughs) if if Cam Hayward walks over and sticks his nose in the other huddle, it's funny. Perfect perfect example, yeah. When Brady earlier this year was giving shit to the ref and Cam, and Cam came over was like, no, 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 no. Shut the fuck right. up. Yep. No way. No big deal. And we're talking Brady, who's who's in GOAT status, and Cam, who's in great status. Sure. When you're Marcus Allen walking over there, I bet <laughs> the ref was like, what the fuck is this guy doing right now? <laughs> and like, like, what is, what is... What is this yeah. dude doing? I mean, it was just, I, I was just dumbfounded. I'm like, what in the hell? And I, I'll say this too. Tomlin handled it really well in the presser, you know, because the journos were looking for a soundbite that they could run with. And, and Tomlin's like, look, we handled that in-house and I'm not getting you, giving you any meat to chew off the bone. And it, and it was perfect. You know, if you're not going to dump the guy for being a complete idiot, then at least, at least you made it, you know, I, I would have had no problem if they said, see ya, but I know Tomlin wasn't going to do that. Yeah. You know, I didn't um, even like, I don't not even saying you should cut the guy, but like, oh. I don't fucking know. Like he shouldn't get a hat on Saturday night or like, just like, like 
I don't even think he should be on the team. Like, does he have does he have like nude pictures of Danny Smith or something? Honestly, I was gonna say that, but I was like, that might be inappropriate. Maybe I'm not gonna say. No, that. no, it's not. He, if we would have said nude pictures somehow. of Danny Smith chewing gum, that would have been inappropriate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, All right. Yeah. I I do want to point out though that so in maybe in, in before Carolina played the Steelers in three out of their prior four games. They'd run for 232, 185, and 223 as a team. And we held them to 21 yards rushing. So yeah. we did talk about this on the show last week. And I think I did mention that, like, yeah, we got gashed on the ground by Baltimore and it was bad. But, you know, that I kind of thought those, I would, I hoped that those guys took it personally and were going to kind of man up against the run. And they did. So credit to the, you know, credit to those guys. Um, you know, rest in peace, Chris Wormley's career, um, or at least career with the Steelers. Mostly, but, yeah. you know, those guys, uh, the, the guys that stepped in did pretty well. And uh, Mark Robinson got a hat and a few snaps, too. So that was fun to see. Well, just real quick on that, too. Uh, first of all, Ben's Internet crashed out there in uh, Portland. They're getting some freezing rain. So it might oh. have been related to that. He's going to continue to try to get back in here. Um you, you you mentioned uh, Mark Robinson. Um, I, they seem to be really, really high on him as a guy that they think they're going to get a lot of snaps out of next year. And it's just been a learning Good. process this yeah. year. And that, that that's fine. The guy's a freaking hammer. I mean, yeah. I, I'd love to see him out there, but not if he doesn't know what he's doing. So, right. um, I, I yeah, I'm glad he got that with, uh, with Miles Jack not playing last week. So, um you know, just a, a point here real quick, Jennifer, talking about Mason Cole's feistiness. Yeah. Um, you know, the offensive line played, and they had that little fight at practice. Mm-hmm. I think it was on Friday. Um, and, and based on what I learned is that it was kind of Cam Hayward and Dan Moore getting into it. They're, you know, Cam was pushing some buttons, trying to get some uh, exactly what she said, a little bit of that feistiness. And I, I think it worked. Uh, yeah. offensive line came off the ball running backs were doing a pretty good job and you know defensively I mean holy shit if you'd have told me we were going to hold them to that I would have said nah uh, but but it, it you know they they played well and yet still we kind of had to hang on at the end and and win yeah well and, and, yeah go ahead oh I, I was just going to say I think another point to be made though is how well we did offensively running the ball and converting third downs. We were 12 oh, 16 on third down. Huge. Like Carolina Carolina only ran like 44 offensive plays. And yeah. you know, in a league where you know you're you're usually running 60 some a game, yep. that like that's the average to hold a team to 44 plays after especially like since 2019, since Ben's elbow injury, we have struggled to control the clock and keep teams off the field. And Amen. we did a really good job against Carolina doing that. Yeah, and no, it's it, not always pretty. It's, but you know, and if we, but you know, we put together what a 21 play drive or something like that, and a, a couple other long drives, and to pretty much seal the game at the end, another another long drive in the fourth quarter to to lock it down. Um, with with some really nice clutch plays too. Yeah, you know it wasn't Amen. just you know three and a half yards and a cloud of dust. I mean there was some some good throws in there, catches. Yeah. Um, no, it, it was it was encouraging, and I, you know, I, I, I there's a little part of me that feels bad for Trubisky. I'm not gonna lie. 
Um, obviously, two weeks ago, he, he threw some really bad interceptions. Um, but but I, I, I think he's been pretty good, pretty solid. And uh, he's just in a situation where they got an investment in the first-round pick, and so Pickett's going to get the thing. Ryan? You know, here's here. I I noticed that this this week, um, because Ben on his podcast. Hey Ben, if you're watching, what's up, dude? Um, <laughs> ben gets most of his material from this show. I just wanted you guys to know. That. Yeah. So the whole drinking idea that's from here. So, listen. I think Mitch, Mitch might have had one of the best games of his career. I'm not even joking. That is not hyperbole. He was put in a really shitty situation in Chicago. Because mm-hmm. um, look at the Bears now. It doesn't matter. It, they're just they're a mess. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know if it was just. I don't know if it was it was getting adjusted early on, or or always just you know thinking that you know the rookie first rounder is gonna was gonna take my job. But since Mitch has played since that since that Buccaneers game. Mm-hmm. He's decisive, and I know he threw picks against the Ravens, but he's decisive. They move the ball fluidly, and you know what? A big part of their success on third down was Mitch against mm-hmm. the Panthers. It was. And I know, and listen, I'm always going to be real. The Steelers swept the NFC South, the Bengals did too, and the Ravens can do so this weekend. Yep. So, like, listen, if only the Steelers weren't 0-4 against the AFC East – Maybe we'd feel a little bit differently, but you know, and and four and zero versus the NFC South. Yeah, that's that going yes. for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is nice. Glad um, we get to play them this year because otherwise so, we'd be totally so Ben, now, ben mentioned, ben mentioned now, on the podcast. <laughs> now here's a here's a here's a here's a division that's better than the other. Um, so so Ben Ben mentioned maybe shutting down Kenny Pickett this year, thinking long term, and. Literally go on Twitter. Ben Roethlisberger? Yeah, earlier yeah. on his podcast. Yeah. Okay. And the amount of I, fucking, I didn't mention it. Hold on. Let Ryan finish his point. Hold on. But the amount of fucking people on Twitter that finally were like, oh, this dude needs to go away. What's he talking about? I'm like, hold on. <laughs> Out of everything this fucking guy has said in his career, when he was playing or after he was playing, this right. – this is the straw that broke the cables back because he said, thinking long term, you might want to shut Kenny down. And I'm just like, oh, you Kenny Pickett stands. You are everywhere. You're fucking creeping around. And that's fine. But I told I and I'll say this a lot. I told you all last week and, I, and on when we were watching the game, I said, you know what? Fuck it. Let Mitch finish the rest of the season. because yeah. They're still in the hunt, and I use that term loosely. Very, but I have not seen this team move the ball as a. And they're not. They're not in the hunt. They're not in the hunt. Nah. But they paid Mitch to come here. They haven't moved the ball as fluidly or continually as they have with Mitch, and that is the truth. So, do you want to see if Mitch wants to hang around next year? Because Mason's definitely not going to be here. No. No. Ben, go ahead. Welcome back. By the way. Hi. What am I going to go ahead about? Oh, I know you were commenting on what Ryan was talking about. I didn't. I didn't know what. I, uh, I, I don't know what the hell that was. I was just chiming in because it sounded funny at the time. I I didn't even know what oh, the conversation was about. Yeah, we we were just making the the discussion that Trubisky was very efficient, played well. Um, you yeah, know, yeah, down, third downs especially. Yeah, and and the the offensive line played very well. Now, mm-hmm. granted, that wasn't a great defense they were going up against. Um, I thought 
conversely, that the defense faced a pretty good offensive line and did and fared pretty well. Yeah. On 21 Sunday. rushing yards. Yeah. 21 rushing. And that that's yards. a pretty good that's a pretty good offensive line and yeah. and they bottled them up. So I was pleased with that. Um the flip side of it is, you know, the offensive line while improving, they're getting better. Yeah. They're still not what I would call a quality unit yet. But hey, you know what? Baby steps. As long as they keep getting better, I'm encouraged. Let, yeah. let me ask a question real quick, and I, I, I know what my opinion is, but um, have you seen enough to the point where you would say to Pat Meyer, the offensive line coach, hey, we want you back next year? Yeah, well, definitely. He's got a, he's got a two-year contract, so right. he'll be back next year. You know, the, 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 the league earlier this week sent out a memo outlining the fact that teams had burned $800 million on, on uh, salaries for coaches – and uh, front office executives that they'd fired over the last five years. Is that a lot? Yeah, it is. And and basically, they were just going, hey, you know, maybe you should be a little more patient. Maybe maybe this isn't a good use of resources. Mm-hmm. Maybe the whole league is, is suffering as a result. Maybe you should not do that. Um, to Ryan's point about the fact that, you know, he thinks Matt Canada is going to be back here next year. That may be the case, um, you know. Uh, Art, it for weeks, y'all Art, fucking taking my thoughts. Okay? I, I fucking hate him. And um, if he comes back again next year, I will yell even louder that he fucking sucks. But uh, you know, oh, Art, we know Art doesn't like to burn money, you know, right. for right. fun. And he's also got kind of a league suggestion. I wouldn't call it a league directive, but a league suggestion. Just saying, hey, you know, from a well, financial standpoint, maybe paying guys not to work. Isn't a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, you know, I back to the point, Pat Meyer deserves to come back. Yep. Yes. And I think he will be back because he's under contract next year and that maybe, you know, he'll get a third and fourth year if if things keep going the same direction. Yeah. No, I, I I like it. Uh, I I like it too. And like you said, I know he's under contract, but I, I think he's definitely done well. Yeah. Um, other other thoughts from the game uh, on Sunday? Anything else that stood out for for you, Ian? Um, I we we ran the ball really well. Um, I I think the the line has really gotten better as the year has gone on, especially in run blocking. Um, Mason Cole, who I was not thrilled when we signed him to be I our agree, starting man. center, I'm kind of like, yeah, we could we could get by with him He's now. Okay. You know? He's, he's not he's, great, but he's okay, right? He, yeah. yeah, and yeah. he he's doesn't. Like, he's competent. Yeah, I, and I feel like he doesn't blow assignments. Like he's just steady. Like yeah. he's he may not bowl guys over and just clear the hole out like a Pouncey or a well, Damani Dawson would, but he also, yeah, like he's just steady. They had there. that one sack they gave up against the Rats, where where the guy lined up in the gate and the, the a gap between he and Dawson. And neither one of them touched him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that I'd call that a blown assignment. It, it was yes. either miscommunication on his part, or or Dotson didn't hear him when he said, "Hey." Uh, well, that's what Dotson said. Dotson said after the game that he heard he he said he heard the wrong number, and it's I think it's one of those even odd things where like if it's an even number you go one right. way, if it's an odd number yes. you go the other way. Dotson said he heard the wrong number. And went one way and not the way he was supposed to freaking go. Yeah. Um, so yeah. 
But I, I did want to make one other comment to Mark's point um, about coordinators and whatnot. So I've been kind of not to spill the beans on an article that is forthcoming on steelcityblitz.com, but um, I, I've been kind of compiling some data on NFL offensive coordinators and the current group of, we'll call it 31 coordinators, although there's a couple like head coaches that are also calling plays. Um, only one of them has been in the job since before 2018. And only one of them has been on the job since 2018. So all of the other 29 coordinators in the league, that and that's counting the head coaches that call yeah. plays, um, were hired to their current position basically within the last four years, like since 2019. And 14 of them were brand new this year. Now, granted, you know, some of that is that offensive coordinators have now become popular hires for head coaches for teams that want like offensive minded guys to become their head coaches. But nevertheless, like, you know, 14 new offensive coordinators this year, seven of the current offensive coordinators were hired in 2021. So that's that's 21 out of 32 teams that have an offensive coordinator that's been there less than two years. So. It is definitely a what have you done for me lately kind of league. And if a team doesn't have success, you're Mark, you're absolutely right that they're just like, all right, we'll jettison this guy and find yeah. somebody new. Yeah. Or if someone's team. too good, then they get hired as a head coach. So, you know, offensive coordinator is not a position that you see coordinators stick, stick around long. for a long time. No. Yeah. yeah. No. Jennifer, to your point, I agree with you. I thought that Pickens was going to be ejected. Not pet, not flagged, just ejected straight up. But he didn't get tossed. Thank goodness. When he, out, when he Allen Iverson, the ref. <laughs> I mean, when he Allen Iverson did the Tyrone. Lewis he he didn't do it on purpose. He, 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 game one. he he didn't make a great deal of effort to pick the guy up. He definitely bumped him down and then walked over him, though. By the way, the uh, 76ers won that game, game one of the uh, one NBA Finals, and then. Uh, Shaq and Kobe took over and sweat in one right, fight, right, right. Well, the, the weird thing about sweet. that, the weird thing, the weird. Oh, did we lose uh, Um, we did. All right, I'm gonna steal yeah. this. I want to say this real about... quick. Oh, oh. Yeah, you're 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 freezing up again, Ben. Maybe okay. even going. No, you're back. back. You're oh, back. wait, wait. Now we got you. Yeah, it's. I don't know what's going on. I, I this is the second time, and here's you know, a guy that needs better Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't love know you, Merry it's Christmas. The, uh, don't it's hate the, me. Uh, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's I, that's it's really windy tonight. Super windy and cold, and there's freezing rain. So at some point during the next 24 hours, I expect to lose internet and power. Yay! Oh God, don't say that. Um, but uh, what the hell were you talking about? Jesus, Some, we're not even overtime yet, and he's the already fucking, forgetting the, shit. The, the fucking Jets got a quarterback. I don't even know who it is, and this dude is just—I mean, I don't even, like. He's like Chris Straveler or something. It's like Blues Traveler's cousin, Chris. <laughs> John Popper's playing quarterback. He's out. He is out playing Zach Wilson right now, and this dude 
gives zero fucks. I mean, I don't even think he knows the plays. And he's walking up to the line. He's like, he's like, hammer, 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 Like Doug Hodges. Like, I'm, not even, I'm not even kidding you. And like Michael Carter and these dudes are like looking at him like, fuck yeah, let's go. <laughs> he's talking shit to the Jaguars team captain on defense. Like, I love that. Who is this guy? The, the, uh, the before we ran, thing, and, and I yeah. think where I was going with it before was the funny Sorry. thing about that Lakers series was the Lakers had swept the entire West. West that year and then yeah yeah exactly and then the Sixers came in game one and beat them yeah despite that 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 Iverson thing where he maybe should have gotten penalized and ejected it didn't and uh Sunday cold moments ever I love like story you know George Pickens kind of taking out a, a ref and then walking over him just looking at him I was like dude what are you doing put yeah. your hand out yeah. help yeah. him up I, I, you're going to get tossed. Pick him up. <laughs> uh, Raiders are coming in this week. Uh, Scarps, I know you're a little concerned about this uh, Las Vegas Raiders team coming in. Uh, what what has you so concerned? He's just a hater. Well, you're, <sighs> you're a dick. But no. Um, so Derek Carr career against the Steelers is very, very good. And even though he's he has one loss, he's two and one. Um, that loss, they scored 30 something points. Um, Derek Carr and, 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 and I know, and I know Steelers fans right now are saying, oh, he's not very good. He's not very good. But I really hope Kenny Pickett one day can be as good as Derek Carr. Um, hate me, whatever you want to say. That's a really good point. I agree. Derek Carr, um, is a very smart player. He cares. I mean, we saw a couple uh, like last month, the dude like cried after a game. And of course, you know how t- social media is. They shit on him because, you know, men can't show emotion um, because he does. He gives a shit. And he cares. Derek Ryan Hall, is him. in touch with his feelings and he wants that's, you guys to that's know fine. this. Here's a guy. Here's a guy. It's not afraid to cry. Um, so, oh, that was, here's that a guy. guy. But Derek Carr is dangerous and, 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 I can't say that enough. Yeah, and but this, it's gonna be it's gonna be gusty winds and fucking you know four okay, degrees. Fine, fine then. <laughs> so fine, fine. It's gonna be who can fine, run the ball fine. the best. Okay, okay, fine. So so Devontae Adams isn't a big deal, and Darren Waller huge isn't deal. a big deal, and and, He's and, a and huge Hunter deal. Renfro isn't a big. Deal. Oh, the guy that's like third and rushing, Josh Jacobs. He's not a big deal either. Josh I'm Jacobs is a big deal. I'm gonna tell you this right now, and I'm I will tell this, you this. Here's Derek Carr is not going to be. I told him that he told me not going to be a big deal. Derek Carr is not going to be a big deal on Saturday. He's not. Derek Carr he, is going to throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns. Really? Right now? Wow. In four degree weather. In four degree weather, with a minus 20 wind chill, he's going to throw. Okay. I don't see it. I really don't. Devonte Adams, two touchdowns. Uh, well, that I can Devontae see. Devontae Adams in a dome, I would say two touchdowns is a lock. Yeah. In Pittsburgh yeah. on Saturday, I'm going to say no. Uh, the only thing is Devontae has played up in Green Bay for a while, so I don't think the he cold has. is going to bother him. No, Here's uh, a guy that's played the cold much. before. But <laughs> it, it is going to bother the rest of the fucking team. 
the plays uh, in the dome. I, I what what about defensively? I mean, are we going to be able to move the ball? I mean, I don't I don't yeah. see them as o- Oakland's leaders. Oakland's defense or not Oakland, Vegas, whatever the fuck they are. Yeah, the, the Raiders, the the silver black team. Regardless. <laughs> yeah. Those assholes we're playing this week aren't that good on defense. Um no, they they have some good players, right? Max Crosby's a really good player. Yeah, yeah. Um Chandler Jones is a good player. Um, but on the whole, they're not that good on defense. Um, they, they're honestly, they're a lot like us. They can't stop whatever you want to do. So like four games in a row, they held teams under a hundred yards rushing, um, against like Denver, Seattle, the Chargers and the Rams and like the Rams didn't have a quarterback and wanted to run the ball. Seattle had Kenny Walker and wanted to run the ball. They held those four teams under, under a hundred yards. And they're like, Oh, we can stop the run now. And then new England goes in and runs for 206 yards against them. So like, Mm -hmm. but those other teams that I mentioned, like all through for over like 300, well, Seattle threw for over 300 yards, Chargers threw for over 300 yards. So, like, they can't really stop the pass. They can't really stop the run. It's kind of whatever you want to do. They've not been able to stop. It's just whatever, you know, teams want to do. I will say, though, the Raiders are a lot healthier now than they were early in the year. Like, through the first half of the year, they were one of the worst teams in the league. They were, like, 2-7 and at the midpoint of the year and lost to the Jeff Saturdays um, in, in his first game. And then they won two overtime games against the Broncos and the Seahawks and then beat the Chargers. Now, all of a sudden, they've won four out of their last five. And, like, Hunter Renfro's healthy again. Darren Waller's healthy again. So, like, this is a much different Raiders team than what they were early in the year. And I know we talk a lot about how the complexion of the league changes every three to four weeks just Mm -hmm. because of injuries and everything else. But this is a team now that's healthy. And I agree with Ryan. It's kind of dangerous because – they have all their offensive weapons. You can't stack the box against Josh Jacobs because then yep. they're going to go to Devontae Adams deep. Then they're yep. going to hit uh, Darren Waller down the seam. Yep. Then they're going to you know, throw to Hunter Renfro on third downs. Mm-hmm. And we have struggled to defend uh, Darren Waller in the past. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And actually, I think the last time we played the Raiders last year in, I don't know if it was the home opener or the second game of the year, um, but like, we double teamed Waller and like Foster Moreau and their other tight end both had like a hundred yards combined. So, um, yeah, I the the hey, weather boy, will be a factor, but mm-hmm. I don't think it'll be that much of a factor. I think I think both teams are going to be able to move the ball. Neither defense okay. is that good. Yeah, I, I the Raiders have kind of had our number for whatever reason uh, in, in on the West Coast. Games. Yeah, especially on the West Coast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I, anyway, I, let's uh, let's do predictions, and then we'll turn it over to Casey Kasem, and then we'll get out of here and come back with uh, SCB overtime. We're, we're gonna take uh, just enough of a break to refill our drinks. Yeah, I need to. I need to. Un- My booth is right here. Yeah, mine's right <laughs> here too. So I want to die in advance. Right, right, right. You fucking uh, asshole. Scarps, what's your prediction coming up for uh, Christmas Eve night at the Acrisure? Listen, Franco, if you're listening, and I know oh, you are, oh, this has nothing to do with you. Fucking hate um, be, even before, Even before all of this unfolded, I did not have a good feeling about this game. We all know that the Raiders are just that team, no matter how shitty they are. And here's the other thing, too. They are in a better playoff position than the Steelers are. Um, 
I know it's going to actually be, have a tiebreaker. I know, yeah, I know it's going to be cold, and I know um, that the Steelers have um, have more to play for, but not so fast because none of these guys on this team, minus maybe Cam Hayward and maybe a select few of others, even know who Franco is, and that sucks because mm-hmm. if this was. If this was five years ago, I would say the Steelers by 20, but that's not where we're at right now. I think that the Steelers are going to have to score at least 28 points this weekend, and I don't know if they can. Um, And I'm going to go with Raiders 34-23. Oh, that's a lot of points. Wow, that's a lot of points. I was going to say. Uh, Ian. Uh, Well, um, I I do agree with Ryan that the Steelers will need to score 24 points this week to win, and um, I actually think that the the kicking is going to be more impacted than the offense. I think the offenses will both be able to move the ball, but kicking a ball that feels like a rock is really friggin' difficult to do. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I'm gonna go. Steelers 24, Raiders 21. Ooh. I believe the Raiders are plus three and a half. Two and just, a half. Just, is it two and a half? It's Steelers minus two and a half. Okay. And All the right. runner is 38 and a half. Okay, that changed. I had 38 this morning, so it went up a half. Uh, oh, shit. We've been under like every eh, – whatever. Right. I'll stick with 24. Uh, okay, Ben, what do you got? I I – do you guys remember playing football in the extreme bitter cold and how much it hurts to hit someone? Absolutely. Do you remember that shit? Yes. This is not going to be a high-scoring game. It's not. This is not going to be a passing extravaganza. Take the Steelers and give the points and take the under. Bet the under. Steelers by three. That's all you're saying. That's all I'm saying. But if okay. you don't want to hit somebody, wouldn't that mean more points? No, nope. saying it hurts to get hit. Like when you get hit, it hurts. No, no, it hurts to hit someone. When it, the it ball carrier both. is coming at you, it fucking hurts. I don't, I don't see the get Steelers. Out of the way, then. <laughs> I don't see the Steelers losing this game because it is the immaculate reception anniversary and Franco died and all that. On top of that, I think they're going to be fucking fired up when they come out. And the Raiders, who play in a fucking dome stadium, are going to go, fuck this shit. I don't want to hit this guy. I, I do not feel like hitting this guy, not doing it. And Najee Harris is going to have over 100 yards in the day. We're going to have a lot of long drives. We're going to play keep away. It's going to be a low-scoring game that the Steelers are going to win. Who's playing quarterback this week for us? Mitch? No, Kenny. Oh, Kenny. Okay. Your hero. The guy well, you designed the statue for. And and that's exactly my concern, and that's why I'm going with the Raiders. I don't think the Steelers will be able to put together as a uh, sound of drives as we've seen in the last uh, two weeks, and that concerns me. Why? Uh, I, I, I got Raiders like 24-17. I, I, I just don't think we can score I, enough. I look forward to telling both of you guys. Your I, and I look forward to you telling me I'm wrong because I want to be wrong. A couple uh, of haters. wrong. Uh, Sam's as the kids say, is Casey Kasem ready to roll? <sighs> yes, it's not time for our traditional. Does Casey, does Casey have laryngitis this week, or is he feeling show okay? ending ritual <laughs> no. of Mr. Casey Kasem coming back from the dead? 
to give you a long distance dedication based on the Steelers. <coughs> I'm not going to do the uh, intro though, but the American Top 40. There you go. There we go. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome the to the week that was December 22nd, 1972. Ryan for Pittsburgh writes, Dear Casey. I got to be honest with you. I already had a, written this week's letter, and then I woke up to hear the news that Franco Harris passed away. And it comes during the week of the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Life has a cruel sense of humor, doesn't it? However, it's great to know that Franco looked to the sky, opened his arms, and as he closed them, God dropped a football right into Franco's hands, and he trotted across the goal line one last time. Casey, I got tears as I wrote that last sentence. As you know, I tend to joke in my letters, but this week I'm going to take this a different direction. Franco's passing is yet another reminder that all of our stories, even the most immaculate, come to an end. Our time is not infinite. Over the past few weeks, Franco's been everywhere, sharing his immaculate memo with everyone, and now he's gone. Casey, it sucks. Tomorrow is never guaranteed. You never know when your time is up. So stop focusing on the little things. Who cares what Andrew Filipponi tweets? <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Pony. <laughs> I need to do a better job of practicing what I preach. So, Casey, a Merry Christmas to you and holiday wishes to all of our listeners. Don't worry. Next week... I'll be back to my normal, self-righteous, and sarcastic self. Well, Ryan, <laughs> I still think you need professional help, but I am <laughs> grateful for your words of wisdom. Since Franco was one badass dude, let's dedicate this next one to him. On December 22nd, 1972, this song was number 12. Moving up three spots this week, here's Curtis Mayfield's Superfly. <laughs> A, a yes. fitting tribute, a fitting yes. tribute to Franco, Superfly. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. Uh, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we will be back in just a few minutes. Hang tight on the YouTubes, and uh, we'll be back uh, uh, with with uh, what we like to call our Festivus uh, year end oh. Festivus rearing of the grievances. Who the hell knows? We're gonna keep drinking and probably say up. things. I ripped this up too early. Yeah, yeah don't do that. I don't got my Festivus that. on the back. So, <laughs> oh. yeah, see, don't rip this shit. I was going to make mine up on the spot like I always do. Yeah. There are so many things. Exactly. That's I've jotted many down as well. Anyway, thanks for being here. This is the SCB Steelers Podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. And hey, go Steelers. Ravens suck. <laughs>